Hello, spacers. Welcome to Starlight, a space opera. I'm Isaac, your host and GM for the adventures ahead. This show, whether you're watching or listening, is a labor of love, and one that we want to make the best for you. So if you can, take a moment to freely subscribe or share however is most comfortable for you. Thanks. Now let's plot a course to Starlight. Welcome to January 2021, and we are back, and we are finally bringing some of the hidden story of what happened to Atlas. Uh, by now, you guys will have heard the most recent episode last week, and for this second week of January, we are going to see what trouble Atlas got up to, just as I promised and McKenna was worried about. Um, and for people who are new, who haven't gotten to meet Atlas yet, he is uh, voiced and brought to life by one of my best yeah. friends, brother, um, and just an all-around great guy. So if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Atlas before we go. Alrighty. Uh, my name is Nathan. Um, kind of like Isaac said, I play Atlas. Well, Atlas is a barbarian. I'm not gonna go too much into his, because um, obviously everyone knows that plays Barbarian as a primal path. Obviously, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Alice works for the Acers. If uh, I know they've been brought up a little bit, but if you are new, the Acers are on the surface just a uh, big weapon like weapon business, um, export, import, things like that. Um, with that, he has been traveling around with. Both Clive, McKenna, yeah. And then him and McKenna don't seem to get along too often. Uh, Clive and him seem to be understanding of each other for the most part. Um, there's still a lot of mystery kind of on who each other are and kind of still the trust is a little iffy or waving. As of right now, he's they're obviously kind of they're going through the temple and everything and uh, he did split off from the group uh, to kind of just check different areas and kind of follow his own leads um, to make sure that he's basically protecting himself. Um, I'm kind of jumping around, but he is kind of a mercenary, also works for the Acer. So he, as of right now, he kind of just looks out for himself. He's not trying to like, he's not a hero. Um, he's not the protector, the white knight kind of thing. He's just trying to make his own way in life kind of thing. So, so Atlas is 6'4 in height, 280 pounds, has this gray silver hair. I don't think a lot of people are going to get this reference, but kind of like that uh, kind of wild anime style kind of thing. He wears, um, how do you explain it? When I was saying like that, the, if anyone's like also people won't get the reference too, if I say like people don't watch anime or read manga we're gonna anime. get people who watch anime bring it yeah. on just slather right, so, it on this is a part of who nathan is and we <laughs> love anime in this yeah. show so so he kind of has the uh smoker from one piece so he kind of wears like that like kind of pirate captainist jacket i mean it's more modernized 
Um, so maybe more of like a military-ish kind of like style with like the pockets or anything. But it has like the fur collar kind of around. Um, he's shirtless, so it's just the jacket um, that's open in the middle. Uh, wearing kind of just like military slacks, um, just being efficient. Wearing boots, the like combat boots. Sleeves are normally like kind of like rolled up to his forearms. He's a big guy. Oh, he has these uh, blue like blue lines. I would say or blue. Um, yeah, I'd say yeah, blue lines or tracks almost throughout like his chest and body, and then down his from his eyes, kind of down his face. Um, those kind of like they don't pulse, but they kind of have this light glow to them that are blue. With that, that is a perfect place. For me, uh, your host and GM, Isaac, to segue us in to Starlight. So, here we go. Neuralink, access memories. Accessing. Atlas, unwilling to be ambushed, once again allows his military training and berserker experience to take over. Telling his companions to be quick in scouring the inner temple, he makes his way back into the outer temple to secure the premise and hunt down the snake-eyed assailant, if he can. Memories retrieved. The camera is pointed up at this nighttime sky. It is that time where it's a mix of purplish in the sky with the black velvet of the, of kind of like a starry blanket. The twin suns of the solar system can be around the backside of some of the moons, and there is a the, the moon is shining uh, kind of a very bright, bright, kind of pale glow uh, as it's having kind of these double suns line up right behind it. And the light is obscured as a dark shape of a strange bird that is uh, native to um, the planet of Thala kind of flies, casting a shadow down onto the ground. The shadow itself gliding over rocky, almost stalactites that are almost in the shape of cactuses that have been created by the constant small earthquakes and pushing of plates. Um, and the rock itself is a strange kind of like tan, milky yellow color kind of uh to the eye gives you the sense that it is more than just any normal mineral. The shadow keeps flying and eventually starts to disappear as a hillside starts to kind of form up out of the ground. In that hillside, there is a gaping maw of a cave. A cave that was entered by three spacers hours ago. We zoom in and wind through the cave, tracing their footsteps. Part of the group, two of them, McKenna and Clive, are deep down in the bowels of this cave, where the cave gives way and turns into an ancient Loxodonian temple. Uh, leading from an antechamber, they are to the right of the tunnel and checking out an inner sanctum of a temple. We, however, do not focus on them. We focus on the dark shape of a man hulking his jacket with its fur trim, uh, 
and his bare chest pulsating a light blue smoke coming out of a uh, uh, cigarette from his lips and a light kind of like glistening of perspiration from having chopped his way and blown his way with his burst axe. A marvel of melee machinery mixed with uh, the kind of a, a, a beautiful melding of almost like a shotgun type of uh, weaponry. Um, he has just finished cleaving his way through rubble and has made his way as we follow him through the hallway where it winds into the antechamber kind of looks both ways. There is another tunnel, a little bit darker. The camera kind of zooms in on his eyes and we watch as the eyes kind of like very perceptively, barely like perceptively glazes a faint red. For anyone who understands synthetics, they would know that synthetics have the ability to see infrared. The eyes walk, look down the tunnel, nothing there to be seen and he continues his way in. We watch as he checks various rooms in a close of what look to be past kitchens, rooms, um, most of which have had their support structures ruined from years of wear, uh, from earthquakes or time past, and a lot of them have collapsed inward. At the end of the hallway, there is another room um, and there is a new door affixed to it. We watch as this man uh, goes about some sort of like practiced routine of stalking and hunting and prey um, and eventually bursts through this door expecting to find someone potentially. There's no one there to be found, but it is a fully furnished room. Um, Now, in this room, you find he he looks around and there is a simple bed, almost like a cot. Uh, there's a few personal effects built into um, shelving that has been carved into the walls. There is a kind of like Durastil desk. A long rock has been kind of pulled up to the desk. It's very, it would be very difficult to move. It looks like, it looks like it took a lot of effort to drag it in, but it's of the right height to sit on. Um, and the desk itself has papers. It has a few drawers. Um, and it, there's a small kind of like radio clock. Uh, and you, all you can hear is the faint drips of liquid kind of falling from the caverns behind you. Um, just kind of. And then that's kind of like strangely coupled with the sound of civilization in the form of the clock just ticking. Um, and the person you were looking for is the person who ambushed you. The one who you assume laid the trap with the infrared uh, tripwires that caused the collapse in the tunnel earlier that you had to like cleave your way through. You know that they ran somewhere further into the temple or left. And having found this, it's this room. It's probably not too far of a 
guess to think that perhaps that this room belonged to whoever it was or someone else closely affiliated with your quarry and with your prey, Mr. Akram, the Sunmaker. So that's where you find yourself, Atlas. All right. And it looks like the kind of the area that I'm in kind of leads farther or deeper in. No, you are in a like kind of like a one bedroom. Um, one bedroom. Sorry, I should have like kind of like explained oh, no, better. Good. But it was the last bedroom in a hallway that kind of ended in a collapse. Okay. The the hallway is the same. The bedroom is like kind of like of the same uh, temple work where it's. You can see metal bracers running through the wall, but you also have like this mix of like a Mesopotamia kind of like carving style with statues and facades intertwined with like some futuristic hints. And everywhere there are symbologies in reference to what McKenna called the way in the form of tusks and elephant effigies. Alrighty. Um, I'll check the. As of right now, does it look like anyone was there recently? Can I check and see if there's any type of sign that there was going there? Go ahead and make a investigation check. Uh, 14? It does look like someone was there. You look closer at the bed and you can see that it has been recently, not recently, but like that it wasn't made this morning. Um, you'd find piles of clothes uh, it looks like a pair of trousers and a dark cloak, oddly similar, almost the exact copy, maybe except for like a silver kind of brooch on the side of the same cloak of the person who attacked you with the rifle back in the hallway. Okay. Can I try to see if there's any like secret, um, cause if it's person that we saw earlier ran away. Can I see if there's where, if there's any, like, um, escapes or, uh, like, second doors or anything? Uh, that would also be an investigation as well for that. Uh, 17. As you are investigating, you kind of start to, uh, kind of pull the room apart, you know? There's a little bit of, like, kind of, like, a brusque attitude to the way you're doing it. Um, you're not purse, like you know paperwork and stuff like that you it's like easy to tell what stuff's like important and not important things that aren't important that you wouldn't go over you just kind of like easily kind of move it to the side or even toss it including the bed looking for something you do not find any actual escape from the room what you do find however is situated a small almost nickel sized box up in the southernmost corner where the ceiling and the wall join, it is a camera looking straight at you. Hmm. I'm going to do something that fairly certain I am not good at. I'm going to attempt it. I'm going to try to... Can I try to, like, interface with it? Yes. Go ahead and try and make a hacking check. That'd be be interfacing. Yeah. Okay, now the night's over. Four. You find the port, the Wi-Fi channel uh, that would be attached to it, and you start to, your eyes kind of glaze over like a faint marbled white. Everything slows down, and it's almost like 
being in your body but not being in your body is you start to interact with it in the code. And I need you to go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving. It can't be that bad, right? 13? You start to feel kind of like a strange pulsation starting from where your Neuralink has been, is is in the base of your, where it's fused into the base of your spine at your neck. And it's just a faint tingling. And then almost like a little arcs of lightning or like sparks, you just kind of feel it go kind of like up and down your body. And then it, it fades away. Then what comes back first in your senses is you hear the sound of water dripping. Like, then you hear the sound of the clock. You look back at the clock. When you first walked in, it was about five past 11. And when you look back from trying to interface, it is almost 50 past, 50 minutes past 11. And you see a silvery shape, like silvery movement at the doorway of the room out of the corner of your eye. You whip around and you see kind of like square metallic bot. It has legs that extend off the sides of tread, but the legs are like kind of lifted up off the ground and it looks like it's been traveling on tread. It has a single almost like ruby ornamented like uh, sensor on the center of the box. And you can see that there are various holes um, on the front and then some sort of like a turret swiveling gun. And once you look over, you watch as out of the holes, there's a spray of gas that goes and it starts to fill the room. I, I need you to go ahead and make a constitution saving throw. Is this poison? The reason I ask is because I have an advantage on saving throws against poison. Technically it's not, but it doesn't make sense to me that's not poison, so go ahead. Well, <laughs> The saving throw number was 11. Woo. I mean, all planned. There is a faint shape back behind it. You see a kind of a cloaked figure go running back into the hallway. So the bot kind of rolls back just slightly on its tread. And you just hear the sound of it's whirring. Perfect. How big is this thing? Fair to me. It's, it is a small unit and it stands up to just slightly above your kneecaps. I'm going to try to charge it and just like almost like football tackle it and just, or no, not you know, like an offensive lineman. I'm just going to keep like basically just push it back and chase after this like the thing that I just saw. I'm thinking okay. I know who he, like what it was. You need to make a contested athletics roll versus it. As you come running and you just start to try and lower your shoulder to barrel into it. It rolled a 13. 16. So you go and push through it. Poosh! The thing kind of goes spinning back into the uh, hallway. And you just hear like a... And you continue dashing after it. So... As you kind of skid around the corner, you see the shape uh, of this 
um, humanoid kind of dashing down, jumping over some of the rubble in the hallway um, and making his way back out to wherever the antechamber is. The tips of the cloak kind of like fluttering. There is kind of like faint glitters of silver kind of coming off of him. So I want you to go ahead and make a perception roll. Natural 20, so 22. What you notice is that every few steps that he takes from a small like kind of like where the ceiling is, there are like faint lines of silver that are kind of like shooting down, almost dancing with the movements. And you realize that this isn't real. This is some sort of like hologram uh, image. And you watch as this, this figure continues running, never looks back. And it goes to like jump over another like little thing of rubble. And you watch as the tip of its foot kind of passes through the rock. The robot kind of turns on its heel right behind you and it raises the turret up and kind of swivels it straight at your back. And you just turn just in time as you hear the sound of choo, 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 kind of fire off at you. The first bullet misses and then the second misses as you kind of turn, grab the top of the turret and kind of move it to the side so that it misses and... Okay, so obviously noticing that wasn't what I wanted to be chasing. I'm just gonna swipe at it with my battle axe. 13. So you actually, you do hit it, but you kind of just like, this is a pretty reinforced metal. And you hear the sound of just metal grating against metal as your ax kind of like glances to the side off of hitting it. The robot kind of like starts to kind of move its tread just as it kind of moves into the foyer of the room. And you watch as the body kind of shifts and turns partially so that some of the holes are facing inward at the room. Give my attack of opportunity on this boy. 17. So you cleave this time part of you catch one of its like legs that have been lifted so that it can move on its tread and that leg kind of clatters to the ground as you bring down your axe uh, and with the backhand of the axe you cut off part of it some of like the oil splurting off onto the ground for like the hydraulic system. I'm going to try to finish little Wally. I'm going to attack it again and then I'll do reckless too so I can get advantage. There's just kind of like you let out like this like kind of just very like large grunt as you raise the axe up again kind of hacking into the same leg some circuitry kind of popping the robot it uh it's the side of its body that's kind of turned facing towards you as it's like kind of turning the main bulk of its front to face into the room you watch as this like white spray just goes right out at you. I need you to go ahead and roll a dexterity saving throw. Natural one, two. Okay, so from the little holes kind of riveted into the body, this dust just poof, kind of like a cloud. And for a moment, it like even gets into your eyes just a little bit, kind of tears welling at them. You get the dust out of your face just in time to watch as it begins to fire round after round into the room, destroying areas that you would probably have assumed were filled with like uh, evidence um, of some kind or just something that they didn't want you to find. And you yourself, as the camera looks at you, you almost look like you are just covered in chalk dust. The thing kind of like continues moving forward, a little bit of that chalk in your eyes. You kind of swing, still trying to rub one eye and you kind of swing wide, stumbling a step forward. The ax gets stuck into a, a like minor bit of wood paneling that's been hung on the wall with a that has kind of like a yellow kind of like painting that it looks like was not fully done, and you kind of pull it out. 
as you just get some of the chalk out of your eye and you feel these like huge kind of puncture holes from these <laughs> rudimentary bullets kind of just splay into your body. Reckless again. All right, 18 plus six, 24. So you, this time you kind of cleave taking part of its tread off. Now when it tries to move, it is grinding against the stone. The There is ever more like popping of circuitry and you actually watch as like the turret kind of turns to face you and then it kind of like flops down before it starts to come back online. You can see that you're starting to damage some of its internal parts enough and uh, it is looking close to to wreckage. Alice is gonna rage. All the like blue lights are turning red. His eyes start turning red and he starts to like some of his, like his back, almost like vent like kind of comes off to where it's like starting to blow out steam. And then he's gonna have also an anime reference a tail started coming out like a what one and a half two foot i'd say one and a half two foot wide um like linked tail to where it's like bladed on both sides and i come out with like a pointed tip at the very end of it it kind of has different joints in it so it can like maneuver and bend around and then you're just gonna see him like start growing like metal like metal inner inorganic slash organic like claws um his like mouth and like his uh everything's gonna kind of like start growing like his teeth are gonna get or his fangs are gonna basically get longer and he's just gonna be more kind of just succumb to like being just like an animal or like a beast become this this feral incarnate uh, somewhere between beast and man the robot seems to show no it doesn't even seem to care uh, as most <laughs> pro- bots probably would yeah. <laughs> you just hear just the sound of circuitry on it just <laughs> and the ever so faint kind of like recoding of its of its new enemy as it just goes <laughs> the bot once more uh, releases almost as if it's on some sort of like automated uh, sequencing. Um, It doesn't seem to be taking in information as like say a synthetic or even a thinking machine would be in adapting. You just watch as more gas just goes flooding straight out of the holes and and sockets kind of riveted into its body. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Ooh, the natural 20. You don't even move. It just completely covers you there you are this just almost like covered in this hazy yellow mist somewhat similar to the cigarette that is still burning in the back corner of the room uh you're still covered in like this white chalk but blue lines and blue tattoos on your body have been replaced with virulent red that's kind of pulsating in time with your anger and you become a shadow uh within this this gas that this bot has sent out and as the gas starts to fade there's the sound of claw ripping across stone as you step forward the bot then lowers its turret fires off uh two rounds all right uh, the first one so that's why i brought i brought the tail as a reaction within 10 feet i can add a d8 to my ac so so the, the first one definitely didn't hit the second shot would be a 24. 
16 plus 4, that's only 20. Oh! So, you raise the tail up. The bullet kind of shoots through some of the uh, organic metal that you've grown out of your body, piercing through straight into you. At this point, I need you to make a perception roll. Okay. 15. There is a faint kind of like quaking at your feet. It feels faintly like in like a beginning of an earthquake. I want to say, yeah, I'm going to back up into the room, like the other room, and then mm-hmm. shoot him with my burst axe. Nine plus three, because it's... So your shot just... Misses the bot, ricochets, and actually destroys more of the room, leaving a smoldering. It knocks the clock to the ground, and when the clock hits, you hear one of like the auto-set tunes that would are used to wake people up, and it starts playing a rock and roll song. <laughs> um, you start to feel the ground continue to shake. Some there is a little bit of like the wall starting to shake, and you are in one of the unstable rooms. Can you roll a percentile die? 45. Ooh, you've backed into this room. This is a clover. You took the shot. The, the ground continues to shake. You can feel dust starting to fall. And there is a pebble that hits you in the shoulder. You look up. You look back. The restless room has looks like it's collapsed multiple times from small earthquakes. And you see some of the rocks in the ceiling starting to come loose. I need you to make it either an athletics or an acrobatics roll. Yep, 22. Okay. So the only way out of the situation is forward. You roll back out of the room as the rest of the room collapses in on itself from the whatever is causing the shaking. Uh, you also see cracks starting to make uh, rivets in the ground. The cracks are like coming from the antechamber and they're slowly almost like ice making their way towards you. The bot kind of comes out of the room into the hallway where you are, your turn. Ooh, all right, let's attack. 18. That is a hit. Oh, thank God, finally. All right. 8 plus 4, 12 plus 2, 14. How do you want to kill it? I think in his bestial state, he's just going to like, grab it by its... I don't know if it has a neck, but... No, actually, he's just going to grab like the top of its head because it's tiny. It's small, right? Yeah, yeah. And just like crush it. Just like just completely just... Like you're smashing like a soda can kind of thing. And there's just, as you grab it and you just press your hands in, the nails kind of like that you've grown, scraping in already into the innards, causing more of like electricity pop in and out. As your muscles, uh, you can feel them tense and strained, but in this state, it's, you know, it's almost like as if someone numbed your arms. It's, you just got to apply the force and you watch as the thing satisfyingly just kind of crumples uh, as if it was a tin can and you drop to the ground. You don't get much more of a moment to waste as you watch as these cracks start to circle in around you. They they come up to your feet and you watch as the ground is starting to shake more and more. Uh, you start to get the sense that this is no earthquake, that this is something that has been drawn to you. Your eyesight's taken down to your body as uh, a little bit of that rage kind of clears enough to give you some cognizance in this moment. You see the white dust all over you. You see the white dust all over the ground. And 
the cracks start to make a circle around you and you can feel as something starts to climb its way up through the ground and you hear like a earth shattering rip um and you just see just in time as almost like teeth made of like crystal shards break the ground and i need you to make a any type of skill that you think would be applicable to avoiding or stopping yourself from getting hit how big like how big is the gap the mouth potentially big enough to swallow you yeah it's big like arm width you know oh it's definitely arm width yes okay so you're just yeah. gonna like do the whole like hercules like grabbing it by its like maw kind of thing and just trying to like not get eaten okay i need you to it. go ahead and make a athletics versus check all right and i'm gonna roll the big dice here it has a plus six same same oh that's a 12. am i still raging you are still raging oh thank god okay so i do have advantage on strength checks okay so the first dice i I rolled was a five plus six was 11. the second one i rolled was a seven you barely beat me okay uh describe to me how you were like what is happening in this moment as this creature comes up out of the ground the maw opening up to clamp down on your body drawn to you by this white dust all right so atlas still in his like rage mode so he's just like wild he's seeing like he still has like his tail out and everything He's just when as soon as it comes out because of obviously like beast like or mon- like beast sense, and mm-hmm. he just goes and like snaps around and just grabs it by the maw um, that is coming at him, and then just basically just stops it and kind of like you see in like the movies with like Hercules or like the things with like monsters and stuff come at him, and he's just and he's gonna start just like almost like roaring at it in a sense because it's almost like beast versus beast in in that sense like animal Mm -hmm. or monster versus monster he's just gonna like roar at it and then just basically just gonna like clamp its mouth shut in a sense and just hold it there this thing is probably close to eight feet in length Um, and it starts you clamp the mouth shut as you're holding it and you're where it came up now and the, your orientation is your back is to the hallway and it starts pushing you out through the hallway you start scrabbling keeping it shut monster versus monster and there is it is a long wrestling match as it slams you up against the wall but you do whatever it does you're able to almost like kind of control it and slam it against the wall it pushes you back into the antechamber and uh back where you kind of like can see the hallway you went in and the hallway where McKenna and Clive went down there's a moment where you are about to kind of like yell something out to them but the cre- it's taking everything in your power to keep that mouth shut like Hercules style and it is just intense you see these yellow beady eyes that they can barely see forward they're made for kind of like looking to the side uh and it's just behind these thick nostrils you have a much better view in this light it is flecked with blue scales purple top and has almost like shark fins kind of like built up on on the the ridges of its back uh and the shark fins are they're almost like wicked like mix of like carpus metal 
and you actually see these kind of like little shark wings on both its arms. You see claws that are meant for shoveling and digging. It pushes you through the threshold of the antechamber where the door that McKenna opened, you know, not so long ago. And is there anything you would like to do in this moment? I have an idea because we, you know, you got those roll critics out there that my rage is probably almost up. <laughs> it's, it's probably pretty close. So I'm going to rage again. And then <laughs> if I can, cause I'm holding it small on anything. How far away is its eyes from me? Uh, probably about an arm's length. All right. We're going to do some, we're going to try to do some crazy, crazy stuff here. <laughs> I'm going to try to pull down and like get above it or like onto it. And he's going, I'm going to attempt to rip one of its eyes off with my teeth. To hold its muzzle in place, first make an athletics check. 16 plus 6, 22. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you do. You, you keep one hand uh, where it's keeping the mouth closed just enough for you to whip around. Go ahead and make an acrobatics check because the moment you let go of the other hand and you jump, it starts whipping its head, so I need you to beat its acrobatics roll. That is a 12. Why? It went off, man. Uh, 11. So it whips its own head uh, and kind of cracks its snout into the side of your face. Uh, you you kind of go dizzy for a second, but you already have the plan in, in place. You may now make your attack with disadvantage on its eye. Disadvantage? Well, your boy is reckless. It's a straight roll. Okay. I need this. I need this. Seriously? 15. 15 is a hit. You sink your teeth and you grab a hold of the the yellow beady eye and you rip it out. There is uh, pus and kind of a purplish liquid as the creature just roars. Just a... The the fight fueling you. The the bloodlust fueling you. And you just catch the faint noise of a bullet being fired. But because you whipped around and pulled the head of the creature up, it actually misses you slamming into the side of the creature. The creature kind of lets out a little bit of a guttural just... There is another few rounds of shots. um, And there is a explosion behind you. The sound, there is smoke first as the, the fog of war kind of falls over you. Because it's not actually the fog of war, it's, it's actual smoke and rubble. And when you, it clears, you have been kind of like thrown a little bit away from this creature, uh, about 10 feet to the side. You get scrabble your way back to your feet and you watch as the creature goes running uh, off into the cave, pushing past because up ahead, there's it, it's the stairs you guys came down. And so it scrabbles up past the stairs uh, and you can make out four shapes of humanoids. The original assailant in cloaks standing there. The four shapes all have rifles um, and they are kind of like, they move out of the way as the creature kind of clambers past it, uh, leaving spots of purplish blood. And as you hear the sound of the same person who spoke before and it says, who sent you? The knights of reckoning. I want to make sure I send you back in a coffin to the right place. 
Atlas's only response is gonna be he's just gonna roar and I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of these I days I will. One of these days I will. Uh, I might need well, a couple drinks of me. <laughs> wait, I we will get a few drinks of bourbon in you for this Tyrannosaurus Rex. But for now, this roar just capitulates, uh, and you go ahead and make an intimidation roll. Ooh, okay, I like it. All right, intimidation. Or you need some new dice, my friend. You see not the figure, the cloaked figure, uh, but these two other people. It looks like they are kind of wearing like face masks and you can see that they're wearing like kind of bat, like uh, military fatigues and they have like a skull cap on their head uh, and they're kind of on either side flanking um, the original ambusher. They look at each other and they look back at you and have their weapons and you just hear the sound of the energy weapon starting to, to power up again. It's kind of like a gentle whine that gets You look back, surely McKenna and Clive heard that, but it doesn't matter. They blew the uh, door shut and we will pick up next week. So right. guys, thanks for joining in and that is the story of uh, Atlas's troubles, and they're only just beginning. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.